0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cricket Ultras. It's now the 15th week of the World Cup, and we're joined today by both starting members of the Ultras. I'd like to say 11, but we know we have far fewer than 11 players. In Singapore, he's at another dinner party and wants to know how the pitch is playing. It's Darren Burns.
1: Actually, I was just at a uh, luncheon engagement that I had to run back from. Longish lunch, but no alcohol was consumed. Yeah, I feel I, did, I missed the last podcast, so I feel a bit like Angelo Matthews. I haven't rolled my arm over for quite a while, but hopefully I can pick up a wicket or two today.
0: Well, I feel maybe you're more like Lasith Malinga, <laughs> who, uh, who's, I think, already flown home twice in this World Cup. Look at that, like, you know, that, 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 that <laughs> stomach. I'm not anywhere near him. No, you're
1: not. They're no, definitely not. I saw that shocking photo that somebody posted. Was it? I think it was a former India player. They posted that photo of him with his shirt off. Yeah, was, I did um, see that. It was quite something.
0: It, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I will say, because I am actually wearing a singlet, but I'm in much better shape than uh, than Lasith Malinga. That's safe to say. But he's flown home twice from the World Cup and yet uh, produces the goods every time he comes back. It's pretty amazing. And also joining us from Hong Kong, at no point has he said the public is not behind us. <laughs> it's Toby Doman. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Back at the crease. Toby, that was, a, as you will be well aware, a Johnny Besto quote. And um, I thought maybe that would be a good place to start because um, Johnny Besto has really taken the World Cup by storm, I feel, with his... Uh, both with his quotes and his batting. Pumped. I mean, look, he may
2: have scored one hundred and eleven runs, but there was a thousand fu's in that as well. I think when he uh, managed to get that that century, it was an angry century, wasn't it? He likes to get a little bit angry. Does Johnny Best? I and mean, I think uh, Michael Vaughan, former England captain, had uh, what's the word? P- probably put a rocket up his backside slightly uh, with some of his criticism of. Um, his comments, I think, were more about this, you know, sort of being down on the English cricket team, being a typical English trait, which I have to, I have to say, the English media love doing. So he's got a point, but the English media bit him back for saying such a thing uh, and riled him. So I think the, the 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 best thing to do with Johnny Bester is just to basically slag him off and watch the runs fly.
0: Indeed, I mean, it, I thought his comments afterwards were quite interesting, um, where he said. <laughs> You know, the quotes get sent out and misinterpreted in so many ways. At no point have I said the public is not behind us. Uh, I'm not really sure how you misinterpret what he said. It pretty-
2: Yeah, it's a classic Boris Johnson tactic, isn't it? You say oh, it was it was taken out of context, but I mean, it wasn't. A little storm in a teacup, I think Piers Morgan has ever liked to get involved. It was basically saying he scores runs better than he gives interviews, uh, which is probably true. So, anyway, whoever's doing the media handling for England probably learnt a lesson last week. <laughs> well,
1: they probably they should have learned a lesson in Australia with, when he was put in front of the media after that headbutt ba- head, head thing. He was terrible, <laughs> sitting on that square. Um, but he just loves to have an imaginary enemy, I think, doesn't he? He thrives on it. I think it's a bit like David Warner. He used to like to have that kind of bit of aggro and a bit of aggression, something going on there that people saying he can't do it. He's going to go and show them. And, and as you said, I think he scored a big FU 100 there, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I quite like Johnny Best. I must, I must confess. I think there's so you know you you watch Owen Morgan's press conferences, and you know you're in danger of falling asleep. But Johnny Best is really interesting, and he and he seems much more authentic. You know, much more unfiltered. And you know, I don't know if they've tried to media train him; it hasn't really worked. <laughs> <laughs> He's all the better for it, I think. And and of course, a wonderful century against India um, you know he really he he batted really well I thought the whole I think the whole team played really well I don't know if that's shall we start with the India-England match it's probably the sort of most recent big result perhaps Toby you'd like to talk us through what was a really important victory for England
2: massively and I think everybody that's been following the World Cup will know that England had to win that really well I didn't think it had to but mathematically it would have been still possible but honestly that, that was a must win game at Edgbaston and I think the key to the victory was Jason Roy's inclusion back in the starting line. He'd had a hamstring issue. They were looking at maybe three or four weeks out uh, with, I think it's called a grade two tear. I think something like that. usually get a month off. So they were really nursing him through that. He didn't actually feature in the the fielding side very much. I think he'd been whacked on the arm by uh, one of the uh, Indian bowlers quite severely and had to go to the doctor. But his breezy 66 i think it was or uh, in the low 60s and the first innings really set that England ten where they blast out of the, uh, of the of the blocks in the first 10 overs and him and best are obviously back Brilliantly together, and they feed off each other. Rather similar to um, Warner and Bester in IPL, actually. I think Bester's sort of favoured partnership is someone that really goes for it as well, and they kind of feed off each other. So that those two really set set that game up. Um, slightly worrying question mark over Owen Morgan's form at the moment. Uh, we may go back to this, but the, his press conference. Uh, responding to Kevin Peterson's assertion. He backed away from Mitchell Stark when he was out in the Australia game, had riled him a little bit. But he's not dealt with the short ball in this match either, trying to hook a rising delivery. I think Mohamed Shami got him out um, in this match. But yeah, the tone was set, and and I think Ben Stokes is in the form of his life now. Four, four 50s, I think he scored in consecutive matches in the World Cup. So the, the platform was there. And then England's bowling, I think, was... Um, Equally impressive. Um, I think Liam Plunkett in the middle, Mr. Middle overs or what, you know, he's really reinvented himself in the short form. So I think well planned innings in the, from the batting, uh, side. I think there are question marks over Dhoni's, um, slow run chase. Uh, you know, if you're a conspiracy theorist, it was to remove Pakistan or even worse, but you know, some, a little sideshow there. But I think it was overall a much needed tonic for England's World Cup, um, campaign and they seem to be hopefully back on track with New Zealand
0: looming. Yeah, I thought um, England bowled really well. I thought Wokes and and Archer up front as well. And I thought, I I mean, I didn't, you know, I think India probably played one spinner too many, but you can totally understand why, because those spinners have been bowling really well until now. Um, But on this pitch with the, as Virat Kohli made very clear, 59-metre boundary, possibly shorter than the boundary on which the Lemmings (laughs) invitation
2: What's that about? That's for both teams. What's his complaint? Is he just trying to distract there or is that normal practice for him? Yeah, I thought it was k- kind of immature.
0: It's it's silly. Yeah, it's a silly comment. Both teams have to play against it. If you're worried about, if you're really worried about the boundary, then don't don't pick two spinners. Um, yeah, exactly. I think England did that right. They
1: set up Mo and Ali. Um, they only played Adderasheed. They did, yeah. But just the way the English the batsman took down those two spinners was was crazy i mean roy and bester just going after them from ball 1 and really taking them out of the attack and you know you saw Chahal bowling and just shaking his head basically right like what can i do i think he tried a lot of different things they were just getting belted and you can't blame the short boundaries only
0: i think they decided to take them out they did and i d- i don't think either of them bowled particularly well i think kuldeep yadav actually i think a year ago in the, in the series when india toured england the english batsman really worked him out and And so that wasn't a huge surprise. But Chahal, I think, was more surprising because he's bowled really well in this World Cup. He really didn't have any answers. and It's quite worrying for India. Um, And then, of course, when India battered, I think, I mean, I know there's been a lot of attention on Dhoni. And for once, I actually, I don't think Dhoni did a huge amount wrong. I think if you look at his, I mean, he scored 42 of 31 balls, which is about as fast as he's going to go these days. I think he basically decided that India weren't going to win it and that he was just going to protect the net run rate, which he has effectively done. Even if India lose their next two matches, I think there's pretty much, unless they lose by a, a, a total of 300 runs over both matches, they're still going to qualify for the semi final. So it's annoying. And, you know, I've seen Dhoni do this in much. To, to a much worse extent in, in other matches. I saw him in the Afghanistan match where, which I attended where he scored 28 of 52 balls which was just painful. I mean, he couldn't hit the ball off the square.
2: That sounds like an occupation, not an innings isn't it? It's...
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, a pa- sort of passive-aggressive occupation. But actually I think India India's batting lost the match in the first 10 overs. You know, they scored 28 runs. They couldn't get Either of England's bowlers away. And and the lack of Shikhar Dhawan was really clear. I think for Rohit Sharma, he's not a fast starter. So, you know, India have a lot of question marks. And and as we know, we've talked about at length their middle order. uh, Muddle just just continues, just gets worse. I mean, Vijay Shankar's gone home now after unimpressing. So, Rishabh Pant, you can't keep this guy out of the team, out of the spotlight. From not being picked in the squad, he's now, I think, probably one of the first names on the team sheet for the next game, which is today. I like Robert Sharma's quote in the press conference the other
1: day. He said, you know, I think journalists asked him, you was surprised when he came out at number four. He said, isn't that what you guys want? <laughs> you guys have been asking for it for all tournament. Like, so, you know, aren't you guys happy now?
0: <laughs> You've got what you want, right? Yeah, he's right. And what an innings it was. I mean, he almost got run out of his first two balls. He managed to throw his bat, you know, a good 15 metres. Which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, should he ever take up the javelin or, or, or another sport? He's a really hopeless fielder, Rishabh Pant. I wasn't aware of quite how bad he was. He's not too bad. He's not Oshane Thomas. Well, bad. There's, a, there's so much talk. Well, let's see. He hasn't. He didn't have to make a catch, but he is, He's having to be hidden in the field. But I feel a lot better about India with him in the team. I must say, I think he's. You know, even even his batting, I thought ultimately he he played pretty well. So. There's more questions around what India does with Kehla Jadav. He he's just seems like a passenger at this moment. Um, Virat Kohli's not not getting hundreds. It's just something,
2: one of the things I noticed just in the follow-up to the game, and this, you know, Indian cricket fans, it's a bit like if you're a Barcelona or a Real Madrid fan, you know, the criticism of elite sport is unbelievable. You know, people are so hypercritical of Dhoni, who's won everything possible for that country. And yet someone will find something to say, get rid of him, you know, after one match. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But it shows the passion of the game, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and everything these days is like recency bias, right? It's always based on the last performance, right? As an indicator of the future. It's always about that soul searching and hand wringing and...
0: Yeah, I don't know who these crazy people are that want Dony dropped.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> nobody's shocking. ever mentioned that on this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say that at least my comments on are not are not too rooted, hopefully, in recency bias. I don't think he should be dropped. I think, you know, he's clearly their best keeper at the very least. And he's, he's still able to clear the boundary. I do think sometimes, yeah, I mean, I do think some of the criticism of him after this match was really unwarranted. I watched an interesting interview, by the way, with uh, Nasser Hussain. And, is it Sanjay Bangar,
2: the uh, Indian batting coach? And, you know, Dhoni Do- is still India's sort of go to finisher in this um, format. But maybe he's got this slight worry that the tail is a bit longer than it maybe has been in the past and he's trying to protect them. And so there's a little bit of a sort of cautionary tale with that. I don't know.
0: I Not think sure. it, all of these things are true. They they trust Dhoni, basically. You know, he he came out in the. West Indies match, didn't bat very quickly. But I think again there, he just calculated India would only need 2.17. He was right, you know, because he knows that the bowling could, could win them the game. Um, so it's true. I mean, India's tail is longer with Shami in the team. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do today against Bangladesh because they may opt to drop a spinner. They may bring in Jadeja. You know, I think Bhuvneshwar Kumar hasn't done anything wrong and he's on the bench too. So a lot of question marks. But it's hard to see a scenario where India don't qualify for the semifinals. I mean, England are, are right back in it now. You'd have to, to favour them against New Zealand. Darren, I, I watched the Australian-New Zealand match, and I was a little concerned about New Zealand's batting.
1: Well, I was concerned about Australia only making it to about 240-odd. They really struggled. But I think, again, it always seems somebody stood up. So, you know, Carey and, and Kawaja stood up to get there. But, yeah, they really crumple on the way back. And I think that dot-ball pressure from Berendorf Stark and Cummins in particular. And also I think having Lyon there, he really is able to peg down that scoring rate in the middle where he, he, Adam Zamper has been a bit expensive at times. It's really sort of hard to get him away. Um, but they were very disappointing, I thought. I thought 240, you know, it's a difficult wicket to bat on, but still I thought that was very gettable. And they then got to 150, oh, didn't they? They're well short.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not the first time, I think. You know, Martin Guptill is, is not really scoring big runs at this tournament. They're really reliant on Kane Williams. Yeah, it
1: seems. I mean Jimmy has had a few a few good knocks too. Surprisingly, um, batting at number six or seven, and so is De home, But they they don't seem to fire necessarily at the same time. So yeah, you'd expect them
0: not to get through on that form. They need the Guppy and Ross Taylor to score some big runs. And and I, I do. I'm a little little concerned about New Zealand. But Australia looking really good since they rejigged their bowling attack. I mean. Um, they seem to have got it right. Yeah. Uh, you know, they are. I think, I think
1: the only thing there is, I, th- I think Aaron Finch's captaincy has been outstanding too. I, I think he's managed this team. He's probably been the captain of the tournament for me so far. I mean, tactically, he's managed his resources very well. The other day, he sort of went through all the second string bowling in a row to get them all out the way. I think Smith, and he bowled himself, and I think he bowled um, somebody else, and he bowled eight bowlers, I think, at one stage, just to get those, those overs out the way and then bring back Stark and Cummins and co. So being quite impressive, impressive marshalling his forces, I'd say. Um, and surprisingly, you know, they've, they they still seem like they're nowhere near firing at all and really relying on two bowlers and a couple of batsmen, but they're still staying in the tournament. They're still sort of finding a way to win, which is quite interesting. And I would not have thought they'd be at number one on the rankings as we almost finish out the sort of regular tournament. Uh, very surprising indeed.
2: Yeah, I thought uh, to me the the, the surprise or the pleasant surprise has been uh, Jason Berendorf I mean against England he was um, one of the picks and he's played well again um, against New Zealand I mean I don't know much about him I'll be honest but he's not He's not sort of nuking on the block. I think he's 29 years old. He's been around on the scene a little bit. Sydney Morning Herald describing him as an emerging fast bowler might be a bit generous, but um, he's a a really interesting player. And, you know, the the way, as you say, Darren, that that Finch, he's a very likable captain, by the way, I think he's um, he's done really well uh, managing when he doesn't have the luxury of an India uh, squad to sort of pick and choose from. He's got to really, you know, make sure that he nurses those overs through and he's done very, very well. And he's been batting, beautifully as well himself which helps so Australia is a surprise package
0: yeah it doesn't surprise me I picked them to win it all you did (laughs) look at you (laughs) after the IPL win
1: he's on fire I know he might pick this one as well maybe
0: well I I, I will yeah I just think it's interesting because I don't think any team has really like you said is really firing on all cylinders they're all you know they're all quite inconsistent I think it's made the World Cup quite interesting so far we've had some some you know a few upsets we've had a few near upsets I think Afghanistan almost beating India which was you know quite a th- quite a thrilling game to be at um, and then Afghanistan coming even closer against Pakistan which was disappointing but yeah it does seem like a reasonably level competition I think Bangladesh and Pakistan still have a chance of going through they need England. I think they need England to lose. Yeah, right? and, um, to lose badly and they have to win well. And then it's. They need England to lose badly and then it's basically a, an eliminator when, when those two play. I think in terms of the semi finals, I mean, we can revisit, revisit our predictions, maybe. Toby? Well, look,
2: I'm behind. I'm a member of the, the Great British public. I'm behind the England team. I'm behind Johnny Bester. I will continue to support and say that England will continue, will win. Definitely win. Look at that.
0: All
2: right. You seem very. Fantastic. You seem very confident. <laughs> I
0: think you also said, but I think you also said the West Indies were going to make. This I match. did. Was that your? Was that your yeah,
2: I, I did. I think I also said the Rajasthan Royals win the IPL. So you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, I,
1: I think I picked the West Indies in my. No, I picked South Africa in my top four, didn't I? And I did. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, I didn't pick New Zealand either. <laughs> I think the only teams I picked were Australia, India, Australia, India, England, and yes, in South Africa, was shocking.
0: Yeah, well we all picked Australia, England, India, right? We all picked those three. What
1: was I thinking with South Africa? That was just um crazy thought process, I guess. I just I just thought they were emerging. I saw those warm games and I just felt like they were getting into the groove a bit with Amla and then they had Ingitli was out injured for a while, wasn't he? I just think they just didn't really fire at all. They'll probably beat Australia on Sunday though, just despite
0: them. And you're at that match, I think. Is that right? Yeah, it's weird. I, sorry, I'd completely forgotten South Africa were in this tournament <laughs> while we were having this conversation. It's easy to forget. Um, because not only were they eliminated, but they played their last match like at the weekend, and then they don't have another match for a week. So they, they've had to hang around in England for another week for no reason. Yeah, they've been so poor. I mean, I think the batting we always knew would be tough, but I think what's surprising is how poor the bowling's been you know when you've got Kagisa Rab- Rabada and Lungi Nghidi, um up there Imran Tahir it's it's just been
2: it's been it's been a step too far for Tahir hasn't it I think he's showed his age in the field and he's not really got, got any of the runs I think um, Andrew Fernando on, on ESPN just described South Africa had this unfair uh, sort of, uh, the, the, choke chokers basically, you know, unfairly, I think, but someone, Andrew Fernando in and ESPN was just saying this particular tournament for the Proteus has been as if their traditional mega choke was chopped up into tiny bits and thrown over the whole of their campaign, rather like choke confetti. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they, they've gone for the uh, the short form, yeah, in keeping with our social media age. Maybe.
1: But but there has been a lot of photos circulating this week of Faf with his shirt off playing football. He's got, you know, quite the alpha, alpha rig, you know, he's a really well-built man. So he's been, you know, wanting everyone to see that.
0: He's kind of the opposite of Lasith Malinga.
1: <laughs> he certainly is. <laughs> you um, mean, we,
0: should, we should talk a little bit about Sri Lanka um, and... And Afghanistan, but but Sri Lanka's World Cup campaign. I mean, they're out now, but it's just been so crazy, Brad erratic, hasn't it? it? Uh, if you look at it, I mean, there's there's a general there's they ha- I think they may have replaced Pakistan as the craziest. team yeah, I think they have too in world cricket. You look at their cricket board. I mean, there's all sorts of shenanigans in terms of selection and all the rest of it. Then they turned up, and their uh, Sri Lankan team manager Asantha demel quite early on in the tournament, uh, came out with a really strong. You know, strong criticism of the quality of pitches, practice facilities, transport and accommodation. Yeah, and accommodation because they didn't have a swimming pool. Um, he said the ICC were preparing one type of wicket for certain teams and another type for Sri Lanka. He criticised Sri Lanka's team bus, saying it was more cramped than the vehicles provided to other teams uh, and he said the net facilities were unsatisfactory, and the squad's hotel lacked a swimming pool. Mm.
1: Preemptive strike. Uh,
0: pretty comprehensive. I, I think. I think he may have also left a TripAdvisor review. <laughs> no hotel. Uh, possibly a one-star review. Yeah, they they were unlucky with the weather too, weren't they? Two no
1: results, so they, those could have gone either way. And if they had gone their way, they could be in the top four. Really.
0: Well, they beat England. I mean, <laughs> handsomely. You know, and they've had some really they've had some really crazy sort of performances. You know, they the Lasith Malinga's been on fire and then Angelo Matthews turns up uh and takes a wicket after not bowling for, for was it months, years? Yeah, eight months apparently. So, yeah, it's very
1: curious indeed.
0: Curious tournament for them Afghanistan. What do we make of their inaugural World Cup campaign?
1: I thought they did really well. I mean, I thought I think they were close, weren't they, on a few games. You mentioned India. They were really close in that game. Just a bit of confidence up front, maybe. They were a bit slow in their and a bit un, you know, unsure in their approach, I thought. I mean, you're at the game, weren't you? But a bit, you know, a couple of boundaries here or there, just in, the, in the beginning of the innings could have got a more momentum through that back end. But they did very well to keep um, India to that score. Very impressive.
0: They bowled they bowled brilliantly, and in particular Mujeeb who's had a really oh, tough yes. year I think and he's a youngster still he he came he opened the bowling and bowled beautifully
1: that's what it's impressed me in this tournament he's he's basically bowled straight through almost the first turnovers, and that's been a, the right pl- place for him to bowl with a new ball he's looked great
0: yeah and, and well supported by Nabi and Rashid Khan Who's had a he's bowled well apart from the England game where he got tonked um tonked around a lot but i think the batting you know again and we we kind of everyone knew this going in the batting's always been their, their weak point. They just couldn't find the boundary against India. They really struggled. Indi- India bowled very well.
1: Pakistan too, they went down. Pakistan scored the runs in the last over. That was very close. I mean, so, you know, they they wouldn't have got through to the top four at all, but they could have upset some teams and they did quite well, I thought.
0: Yeah, and they've had a quite a, 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 an interesting campaign as well. I mean, they, they sent home Mohammad Shahzad very early for injury, although he, he disagrees that he's injured. They've since sent home... Aftab Alam for disciplinary reasons. One of their most experienced players, Hamid Hassan, chose the match against Pakistan to retire to announce his retirement. Is really weird.
1: And I think Phil Simmons has said he's going to tell all. Phil Simmons, of course, as a coach, and he's
0: he's going to tell all. Yep, over the the decision to bring to swap the captain before the tournament to bring in Gulbadin Naib instead of Askar Afghan, which was heavily criticised by Rashid Khan and Muhammad Nabi. Phil Simmons is stepping down after the tournament. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Naib, the captain. Just in case you didn't think... Mm, Go ahead. Naib, yeah. Now, I was just going to say, just in case you didn't think that was enough, we had all the shenanigans with Gulbadin's decision to bowl himself, which backfired horribly against Pakistan. I was going to say that.
1: He seems to want to do everything, doesn't he? Um, he sort of wants to bat where he wants to do, bowl where he wants to bowl, like a sort of a club captain. A fifth division club captain. I was going to
0: say... everything, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think we've all played for captains like that. I wouldn't name any names, but... Yeah.
2: Is he able to umpire as well? Has that, has that happened? Was, t-
1: <laughs> was, Toby your, was Toby your captain?
0: No. No, 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 no. no. Toby. Toby. To- Toby's more one of these players I, f- I think you've kind of... F- he's sort of lobs hand grenades from the sidelines i think we're all familiar with those types of players as well <laughs> um yeah i think gulba is you know he wants to write the the theme tune and sing the theme tune that's right he, i think he he opened the batting in one match to, to, to didn't do particularly well i i i would i'm just amazed the team lets him get away with it you know they they i don't know they should just lock him in the equipment cupboard maybe i'm sure they will after the world cup it seems that they are yeah so i think i feel like that's it's just disappointing though because i think afghanistan with a little bit of better planning would have won a match at this world cup so that's disappointing uh and that i guess basically leaves pakistan and bangladesh um pakistan i think have been better probably than i expected i don't know if anyone has any strong views on them i think they're yeah, a little inconsistent. Wahab's been brilliant, hasn't he? It's for me, he's been one of their picks. Wahab Riaz, yeah, he's been, he's been fabulous. Uh, Hassan Ali has been disappointing, but uh, Shaheen Shah Faridi has bowled really well.
2: Yeah, very well.
1: And Fakal's been pretty good in um, some places. Um, mm-hmm. Imad has had his moments as well, right? So, I think they've all stepped up at different moments, just couldn't put together for long enough over, over, over as many games as they could, right? So, yeah, I mean, not bad, but disappointing, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean, they might still make it. It would be nice. They need Babar Azam to, to score heavily more regularly. I mean, he scored a, a really good century against New Zealand. Um, that needs to happen more often. Uh, and then Bangladesh, I guess it's, it's all, it's the Shakib show. I mean, he's probably been the player of the tournament.
1: And everyone knows who he is now, don't they? I think a lot of people sort of non-major cricket nations seem not to know who he is. Um, but I think everyone knows who he is now. He's a fantastic player.
0: Yeah, I'm not totally convinced. I know who he is, but yes, fantastic player.
1: <laughs> that guy, that Bangladeshi guy. No, he's been fantastic. He's, he's very, very top on the run scoring, isn't he? And plus with his bowling as well, so he's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, he's done really well. Okay, so let's. So we've we've. Got, I mean, now we've now we've gone through in in some detail. I think all of the teams, the minutiae of cricket. Let's do some fun stuff, shall we? Do we have any quotes that we'd like to pull out? I have a few, but uh, who who wants to start? I like KP's tweet though
1: about Morgan being scared. You know, he backed away from I think Stark and that opening spell that he faced against him, and um, he was asked about it in the press conference. And he was, um, what did he say?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, thanks, nice mate. You, mate. Yeah, nice one, mate. Nice mate. Nice mate. Uh, nice. Nice. Thanks. But you remember that Stark had concussed him quite badly. Uh, I think it was last year. So, the, he's, he, you know, it's not unsurprising if he's just got something in the back of his mind, maybe. But if you look at the slow motion... He did a little bit, I guess. I don't know whether that's just his technique, but I, I don't won't. know about
1: you, but I when I get a really fast ball that I can't face, that's what I do too. You back away to the leg side and have a swing, hope <laughs> <It's like, laughs> for Jesus, get it, slice an edge over point for four or something like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's the only way to bat. I it really is. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed that these um, professional cricketers can just you know stay stay in the line of the ball when it's that quick. But one of my favourite quotes there's been some you know, the Australians are usually good value for the quotes. But Justin Langer's been, I don't know, a little bit subdued. He's been, I don't know, a bit subdued. I think maybe because Ricky Ponting is is next to him. And Ponting is just getting so much love from everyone. And my favourite quote was actually from Chris Lynn, who's not not in the team, but he said he said about the Australian squad he said, The key is the little bloke next to Langer with the hairy forearms, in Ricky Ponting,
1: <laughs> wasn't talking about Glenn Maxwell.
0: No, well, it, apparently not. No, he's talking about Ricky Ponting. Uh, Ricky Ponting clearly doesn't shave his forearms. Mm. Um, As you,
1: you, you, I, I do, do quite, don't you?
0: Can't you see? <laughs> well, I mean, um, I mean, male male grooming is important, Ricky. That's just that's it, all. We, it's a big we, we, we want to say. Yeah, it is a big thing. Yeah, I, I mean, Shastri's been quiet too.
1: I, I mean, try to troll Shastri or, not troll, but like, look for I can't get anything. I haven't seen anything from
0: him that's funny or interesting or... He did say something. I think he tweeted something after the last game. But it was... Tame. It was just really straightforward. Yeah, yeah it was really tame. It's, it's, he's, he's been tame. I think Johnny Bairstow probably deserves a whole sort of quote of the week to himself, episode. really. I mean, he, he, A whole episode. He, yeah. <laughs> the whole episode Owen Morgan's press conferences have been pretty dull i mean he did he did come out with a with a with a nice quote about how there was more security at the england india match than there would have been spectators at a county game <laughs> which i'm not sure how owen morgan knows that because he doesn't really play he hasn't played a county game in years back in the day <laughs> Yeah, back in the day, Toby. Any contenders from you? Um, I've not, I've
2: not seen any sort of interesting quotes, but my favourite image of the last week has to be, I think she's known as the Yas Queen in the Caribbean. Uh, I don't think she's ever been to Durham before, but Rihanna at Chester the Street. What a sight, you know, for everyone. It's quite, <laughs> quite, quite remarkable.
1: <laughs>
2: what was she yeah. doing there? Enjoying the hospitality from the photos. She gave
1: Chris, be- Chris Gala Bat, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a picture of one of the one of the bowlers, I think. This might be um, uh, Ashton Thomas Carlos, on, on the...
0: Carlos Brathwaite. He, she went to school with Carlos Brathwaite.
2: There was someone on Twitter. There's, I think someone may have um, broken a nail or something fielding in the deep and there's a close-up of this person's finger with a clipping their own nail to sort of straighten it out. And I think some, some wag on Twitter would just said, you know, when you realise you're about to meet Rihanna in the dressing room afterwards, this is what you do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: bit of
1: grooming yeah
0: yeah why not yeah
1: carlos brathwaite what a 100 against new zealand
0: yeah amazing amazing he's a lovely guy as well isn't he but unfortunately couldn't get over the line i think Chesterley street it's quite a glamorous place i don't think i don't think rihanna's out of place at <laughs> all sure. really you know have you have you I, I take it you've not been to the the ritzy nightclub in chester I, I haven't oh, maybe she's bidding for
2: the new angel of the north title i'm not sure
0: maybe maybe she did a, a you know. Public a personal
2: appearance, yeah, at Jester's nightclub in Durham. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what's what's Angel of the
1: North? <laughs> what is that?
2: It's this weird. Um, I, th- I don't know if it's an Anthony Gormley. I can't remember the um, the designer, but it. it's this huge cast iron angel with its you know wings spread out, which you see on the motorway as you're going up towards the Scottish border. And it's known as the Angel of the North. You can't miss it if you're on the A1. You can't miss it. I'll be looking out for
0: it. Yeah, it's true. It's true, and, and, and certainly I think it would be good to replace it with a re <laughs> Um So I've got a couple more quotes. Uh, Bangladesh coach Steve Rhodes, we put men on the moon, so why can't we have a reserve day? One of the big existential questions of this World Cup. Uh, Ramiz Raja, I never dived. In those days, diving was for riffraff." Yeah, I saw that. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was true, though, right? That's so true, though. Subcontinental so players would never, would never dive in the 70s and 80s. Never right?
0: done, never. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it and in particular, it was considered beneath them to dive, especially because back then you often had like the Maharaja of Purbandar who'd like pitch up and, and was you know was batting or bowling, um, and yeah, it was really only Kapil Dev who suddenly came out and started diving, and and he was I think you know a sort of working class cricketer, so it's very true. Steve Smith, uh, Darren, uh, following on from your from the quote that you pulled out, I think on a previous podcast he said i don't know how justin langer is spying on me in the shower mm.
1: yeah shadow batting everywhere shadow batting in the shower he just loves
0: it. yeah he, steve smith is is really he's got a lot of excess energy he looked sort of unhinged the, the other day
1: just... i mean he when he, when he was batting <laughs> against the other day he was gesticulating when he missed the ball and he was hitting his bat did you see that he was he looked really yeah, really like he he was getting to him Like, he'd he'd shank the ball and he'd hit his bat on the ground and he'd smack it and he'd run through. He did it over and over again, though. It wasn't like every now and again. It was almost every ball. He was really gesticulating with his arm where he wanted to hit the ball and pointing it at the field. And he looked a bit unhinged, the poor guy.
0: Yeah, he did like a whole 360 at one point. Yeah, he was just weird.
1: (laughs) And they were saying... He just spun in place. ...that he's batting too much. And I think before the match the other day, Ben Stokes had three nets or something. Like, he did three nets and he looked kind of exhausted in the game last weekend, right? And I think they were saying the same with Steve Smith. He's just batting forever in the nets and getting too wound up and just batting too much, right? You need to have a bit of a rest before and take it a bit easy, but maybe getting too wound up there, young Smithy. I,
0: I wonder, I just think maybe putting Steve Smith and Rishabh Pant in an, in an advertising campaign could work, could work quite well together. Those two, because they both have yeah he's still doing his um Vodafone he's still well he oh, God, that was the quote as well. I mean, who can forget that one shocking that, that was at the quite early on in the World Cup, a wonderful tweet by Steve Smith, where um what did he say? something about he's got a rest day. And he's
1: missing his friends and family, and he'd call home for five dollars or something on Vodafone,
0: yeah, there we go. I mean Bristol attempting to get out and about in Bristol, but not having much luck with the weather. But at least I can share this experience with family, friends, and fans back home with Vodafone five dollar roaming. Yeah, that was not great. Um, Shocker, not great at
1: all. Poor old Smitty. He needs some better advice.
0: Yeah, well, he's. I mean, I think we're we're not hundred percent convinced that he's fully human. But Richard Pant, if you if you watched him at the crease, was also a huge, you know, surfeit of energy. And if I was a, an enterprising brand, I would get the two of them together into an ad campaign.
1: Like a worms campaign. An anti-worm vaccination. Um, yeah, he, he must... Steve Smith must, must use so much energy on every ball. The way he moves the bat around and waves it everywhere. I mean, that's a lot of energy on every ball, right? Before you even hit the ball. So it's it's quite interesting,
0: isn't it? I don't know how I it lasts last Yeah, and ball. he doesn't sleep. He doesn't sleep before matches, Obviously right? Not, you know, they, they, he yeah. often says, He often says, oh, I, I didn't sleep all yeah, night. Yeah, shadow batting. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> so... All right, cool. So to finish, do we want to make some predictions now that we're reaching the business end of the tournament? I still have no idea when this tournament ends. It seems to be going on forever. But I think we should probably make predictions for winners and and finalists, semi-finalists. Who wants to go first?
2: All right, so here we go. So you've got the the uh, the 9th of July is the first semi-final in Manchester. Uh, two days later, the second semi at Edgbast and then the final at Lords. So three more games. And there's another, oh, sorry, there's another uh, round of matches, obviously.
0: Oh, yeah, there's still another round of matches. Yeah, those things. <laughs> you might as well just get on with the semis now, right? Oh, no, I'm joking, joking. Um, I t- <laughs> well, I think the semis are, I mean, there is still scope for a change. But I think we know three of the, maybe three, I would think, Australia and India, I think, are going to get through.
2: I, I have to say India have been the best so consistent side in the tournament so far. The batting has looked you know, super, super silky. I know they haven't had maybe the same sort of big scores, but they've been fluent. The bowling has been really tight. Um, the spinners wobbling a little bit. But really, yeah, the team to beat, right?
1: Bumrah's been crazy. Bumrah's
2: been
0: Bumrah's amazing. Oh, he's I mean, so good. <laughs>
1: The closing it's out, just
0: a, amazing.
2: The, the, you know,
1: the sort of death overs and closing out the innings, he's just unplayable almost. You can't and get him more. He's
0: bowling at 90 miles
2: an hour and he walks in like he's had five, you know, sort of five compound fractures of both legs. Yeah, he still sort of I, managed I was to say five, <laughs> five points. <laughs> <laughs> five, five yin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of dawdles
1: to the crease and you think, this, this will be, imagine the first time you face the guy, you'd be like, this guy looks medium. It <laughs> comes in and goes, in your head.
0: And then it's a ninety mile yorker right at your to i mean he he took well i'd I'd like to thank bumra because he basically took Vijay Shankar out of the world cup you know so he <laughs> broke his toe <laughs>
1: you're, you're an evil man maybe maybe it was maybe it was, under instructions. Maybe, maybe it was
0: instructions maybe maybe was. you know maybe Ravi Shastri you know had a had a quiet word asked for uh, Jasprit Jasper to to fire some real bullets at um Jasper Brummer's toes um, So anyway, okay, so let, if we say England and India Are through, who do we think The, the remaining two semi-finalists Are going to be? I'm going to go with I'm actually going to go with the teams I picked uh, To begin with I'm going to go with England and New Zealand Toby? Yeah,
2: England, India uh, Australia, I think have Definitely got what they need uh, Beyond that, I don't know I'm not, I'm not going to make p- silly predictions now I've had my fingers burnt, you see
1: yeah i think i think it's aussie india new zealand england i mean if you look at the table of where things are situated that's what should happen um barring some sort of miracle right you'd assume if most of those goes games go to plan that's what's going to happen i think it's going to be interesting next weekend to work out who finishes number one two and three because then it's it's a big deal isn't it i mean if you're finishing top of the table you, you play number four so you know if new zealand finishes there everyone would fancy playing new zealand right uh, India or Australia versus playing England, I think. So it's going to be very interesting how that table order finishes too. I think
0: you know it could be India and England again in the semi-final, which I would prefer India to avoid England. Yes. Um, okay, so who do we think is going to win it all? I'm I'm sticking with my my pre-tournament pick. I still think I know that India have played well. I actually think Australia have have been the best tournament, the best team so far. I think. Um, yeah, I just think they've got more depth particularly, you know, when it comes to the middle order hitting, if, you know, with Carey batting well and if Maxwell can turn up. Yeah, I'm I'm backing Australia
1: still. Yeah, I've I've been toing and froing on this quite a bit. So, yeah, I I still think I can't go past India or England. I think if it's a good wicket, England will win it. If it's a tougher wicket, maybe India. But I, I can't go past
2: those
0: two, really. Yeah, I think India need helpful conditions, I feel. Anyway, Toby?
2: Um I'm going to stick with England but I think India a very pe- a cigarette paper away from being replaced in my heart for the winners yeah. but yeah.
0: You know and it's a, it's a it's a really in- important point the pitchers at this world cup. I think I, I think would surprise all of us right? I don't think any of us expected um such assistance for the bowlers. Um we were thinking it would be flat decks the likes of which England have prospered on for the last three or four years. Um, But instead, you know, I think we've had more pitches that have favoured the bowlers and and that's really helped India for sure. It's so weird that it's an Indian team that requires helpful bowling conditions rather than a flat pitch.
1: It's interesting. If you look at the top wicket takers, the top 10, there are no spin bowlers in there, which is surprising, isn't
0: it? Right. They're all pace bowlers.
1: Yeah. So the spinners haven't had much impact on the tournament so far.
2: It's all about pace, isn't it? I mean, a room we spoke last time when we were doing the, the podcast that you know it's great to see genuine pace back on the on the menu. And I think um my favorite bowler, I've seen Ferguson, actually. I've not seen much of him before this tournament, but he's been a re- revelation. He's really turned up.
0: He's so quick.
1: He looked he's so quick. You know he looked quite erratic in some of the t20 games I saw uh, earlier in the year, but I think he's really maturing and getting into his uh, groove really well. I think he's been quite impressive.
0: There was a ball he bowled against Australia. I can't remember who it was, but he basically beat the batsman for pace and he gloved it behind. I think, was that Steve Smith?
1: I think it was Steve Smith or was it Kawaja? I don't remember. But I, I remember the ball though, yeah. It was really quick.
0: No, Steve Smith got out that miraculous catch from Martin Guptil, who dropped two Dolly, well, two easy ones oh, yes. earlier and then held on to what I think. And that's another thing, actually. We've had seen some amazing catches. I think the Guptill one's probably my favourite. Steve Smith took a blinder.
1: Yeah, and he's been out to a few catches himself, hasn't he? He was caught um, on the on the boundary in the West Indies game, Steve Smith, by a crazy catch, like, leaning over the boundary, so... cultural.
0: Yeah,
2: I was going to say, I've, ri- I've written them all down, my favourite catches, you see, because I was just going to say, the catching has been amazing. You look at the quality of the fielding, compared to, like, you know, everybody's now expecting 300 is par for the batting. Compared to the last World Cup, it was 2.50. Previous to that, it was 2.20. Now the quality of fielding is just like nothing else. And the catching, like Wokes, Wokes' catch against India was decent. Stokes, obviously, at the Oval. Um, but before that, the uh, for West Indies. Guptal and Steve Smith. Steve Smith was incredible. The speed that was going, and he just picked it out. It was really impressive.
0: Yeah, and I'd also say um, Ravindra Jadeja's catch to get rid of... Uh, it was Jason Roy, I think. I mean, that was a pretty... Pretty impressive effort. Um, I mean, just when I was, it was one thing I noticed when I went to the game, the India-Afghanistan game. The uh, um, the Indian fielders, I mean, the level, the quality of the catching, it's just remarkable. And in particular, these catches where you're running in and diving forward, there's a lot of that going on because you know they set them quite far back, um, and those are really hard catches to take, uh, and they make them look so easy. Um, and, I, you know, that's kind of been one of the reasons why I think teams have been unable to get the big scores beyond 300, maybe, is has been the quality of the fielding. But yeah, ultimately, I think a lot will depend on um, the the quality of the pitches we get for the semifinals and for the final. I don't know if we have any inside information on uh, or what kind of pitches they're using. Are, are they going to be new pitches for the semis and final? Or I think they'll be new, right? You would think so. I don't have You'd to play so. on
1: worn pitches, I doubt it. So should be, they should, the, you know, the ball should come onto the back quite well, I imagine. So one's in Manchester, isn't it, at Old Trafford? Where's the other? Is it Lords? Edgebuster. The other
0: and semi-final. And Edgbaston. then and then Lords Edgbaston. for the final. Lords for the final. Then Lords for the final. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's probably enough. We've. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot for us to get through, but you know, it's been a long tournament, and I have seen people asking when Cricket Ultras will do another podcast. Cool. <laughs> We've answered that. We have to give the people what they want. We do. Serve the people. Thank you all very much. Thank you for listening. I guess we're going to do the next podcast after the World Cup final, so we'll be back then.